Thursday, September 20th, 2018, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, a show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 236, Just Don't Go to Mars. Runtime for this episode is 47 minutes. And welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that doesn't believe in color theory. My name is Jeremy. My drill is the drill that will pierce this destructible terrain. I'm Tyler. I don't even know how to follow that. We're back on form. My name is Zach. That's been your intro thing the last like two or three episodes now is I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> well, how do you expect me to follow follow something like that? I mean, I could have made a Dig Dug reference, but... You could have got a Kill a Kill joke. You could yeah. Gurren Lagan to Kill a Kill. Oh, yeah. Gurren Lagan to Kill... Oh, oh that was good. This is a high-quality material you guys come or to you, the show for. <laughs> or I could have used Super Robot Wars to link Gurnlog on to pretty much anything else. Yeah, that would have been good. And ah, then you geez. can combo link the skill. So that, that's a thing you can do in those games, right? Combo skill things. I mean, I just remembered Arxis is making a kill-a-kill game, and it made me very excited again. That actually <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know what's great? Arxis keeps doing these like crossover games, and they're all awesome. Persona 4 Fighting Arena is great. Dragon Ball Fighter Z is great. Presumably, the Kill the Kill game. I wouldn't is say be those great. are crossover games. Okay, yeah, I guess they, other... especially since they literally just did a crossover game. So. Yeah, that that was the wrong word. Other licensed game. Yeah, licensed I think is what games. you're looking for. Yeah, there's actually a word for that. I was trying to come up with a term for it. So, fairly soon, we can do Ruby vs. Mako. <laughs> oh yeah, aren't they also doing a Ruby game? No, they. But in their crossover game, they have Yang, Ruby, Weiss. Oh okay. And I that must be what three. I was thinking of. I think Kevin pointed it out to me at some point. I know next to nothing about those, but I, I think Kill a Kill wins that. <laughs> oh, in terms of power scale? Yeah. I believe they punched Zeppelins and stuff. Nobody in Ruby blinds themselves and then unblinds themselves so they can see better. Uh, he's like skill. Odin. It just occurred, like that's that's an Odin move, except Odin was a He only blinded one eye. No, he did it for wisdom. He didn't do it for uh for power. He didn't do it so T was knowledge. so hot that he couldn't drink it anymore. Our guy can't have ice cream anymore. Yeah, that's very sad. Everything's too sensitive on his now super body, I guess. What does he eat? Just like room temperature bananas? Oatmeal? I can't even remember this guy's name, but I know he, he's He's character. the best character. Yeah, that guy. Oh, I can't remember his name either. I remember the main three and the discipline guy, but I can't remember anybody else's name. Hi, guys. Welcome to our anime podcast. Nope, um, that's the other one. Th- yeah, th- not and also not our podcast it's <laughs> hey that's still a secret that is true you can cut that i'm sorry project secret project uh Ultra project yeah it's like pants magic pants this is our video game podcast and we played red faction this week it's a game yeah you go to mars and you pretend you're in that one arnold schwarzenegger movie that jeremy just forgot the name of total, total recall. recall thank you is... that later got remade as a i don't remember who movie did they remade total recall they did. about two or three years ago why because they couldn't recall it does uh yeah whatever we had these breakfast burritos at work that we had to cook every morning and they were recalled so i just wrote total recall on it because they recalled for like a month and a half and you have to write a note if you don't make something for some reason eventually (laughs) i changed the joke of uh i can't recall why i didn't make these all right who wants to start zach what have you been up to since we last recorded in ages past so i actually alluded to this i think on our last podcast that i was gonna be on some dude's stream for mechwire online yeah i remember you saying that and then i heard nothing about it 
because of various reasons I haven't talked to you in a while. Namely, that you're never online anymore, so it makes I it I feel difficult. like we played Monster Hunter since you mentioned that. Not with me. Okay, I have played it by myself several times. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I had a particularly good night during those. Like, there was a race. I won said race. I'm sorry, in Mech Warrior, mm-hmm. There it's, are races? No, the thing is, it's something that they do specifically on their, like, lobby drops with all the people that are oh gotcha because like everyone that. will coordinate to do a stupid thing that isn't actually the objective of the match so yeah someone so declared race like all the viewers were on one team and they were all the racers and so first man across the finish line or last man standing so long as you were racing because it first lap is you know you just race and then the second lap you get weapons free okay so then you can try to like wacky race your way through it yeah so long as you're still going along the track I killed two people and won the race, so I'm awesome. And I had a particularly good game on one of their other, like, asymmetrical game types, where one side is, like, four or five assault mechs versus the other side, which is all light mechs. Which, like, I didn't show up very much on that particular game mode, but I made my presence well known. Like, there are a couple of instances where people are swearing at people, and they're actually referring to me. Were you playing one of the light mechs or one of the I was one of the light mechs. Okay. I was playing my trash can. It's a fun game, again. It's free-to-play, so it's not like anybody has to actually dump a whole lot of money into it to get into the game like anything else. But uh, the other thing I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter World. Well, let's go back a sec. You mentioned this guy streams on YouTube, right? Yes. I keep forgetting to actually name him. The dude's name is actually Critical Rocket. Okay. And he also does a lot of Battletech-related, just, like, lore stuff. Like, one of his main, like, channel line things. He just reads out of the technical readouts and stuff like that. But does he do it in a fancy, like, in a lounge I was going to say, like, British accent, but that doesn't seem appropriate for Battletech lore. But I don't know what accent is appropriate for He is British. Oh, okay. So it is done in a British accent? Excellent. But, like, not a hoity-toity British accent, which would be appropriate. It's just like he's reading out loud and recording it, which, honestly, that's okay to me. Because there's a lot of, like, just baseline lore about a bunch of the different factions and whatnot that, I mean, shocker, I don't know. That is shocking. Oh, man, I really hate the, the mechs that they just announced. They announced the Charger and the Charger with hat, which drives me absolutely crazy. With hat? It's a Charger, and then in lore, the Hatamoto Chi is built on a Charger chassis. Okay. So I refer to them as the Charger and the Charger with hat. Yeah, no, I get it. That's pretty good. I mean, it's got a lot of fans, but to me, it's like they just announced the same mech twice. I mean, if you're going to put Ryu in, you might as well put Ken in, too. I don't know. It's, it's weird, because to me, it's like releasing the Crockett and the Katana. Which is like, why bother? Are, are those also basically the same mech? The Crockett and the Katana are the same mech. One has single heat sinks. Because the Katana was the one they sold the, the Crockett to the Draconis Combine, which didn't have double heat sinks at the time. Uh, the reason I took us back in time is that you have, if there is a recording of this video still on YouTube, oh, you yeah. should give us a link. It is on, it's still on YouTube. It's still on the guy's channel. And it'll, then we can all see you it. harassing a bunch of heavy mechs. Oh yeah, well you won't actually see me for most of it. Or winning a race, I guess. I, I show up at the very end of that line. Like, I'm just kind of jumping in somebody's view, firing machine guns at them. So what else have you fired machine guns at, Zach? Dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. Rather large, fire-breathing dinosaurs. So I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter World. Like, I really like this game. I'm well worth the money I paid for it. Or, sorry, well worth the money Jeremy paid for it. Which I assume was well worth the money I paid for it. Which I assume was well worth the money Kevin paid for it. I, I thought Ed bought yours. Yeah, no, you're right, Ed bought mine. Never mind, I'm sorry, Ed. I'm on the fifth area right now. Unfortunately, the, my main problem with the fifth area is I'm starting to get into the pallet swaps. 
Like I did, I killed a pink Rathian, and now there's a blue Rathalos or a azure Rathalos. Sorry, and there's a lava salamander. Ooh, I'm into lava salamanders. Well, they just had the first DLC monster today. So the uh, isn't it the Devil Joe is yeah. the first one? Yeah, I'm hoping we get the Mega Man Palico armor. That's all I really want. Yeah, my current armor is entirely Zora Magdaros gear and a Zora Magdaros gear from my Palico. Dyed pink, right? Yes, dyed pink. Fantastic. I, mean, I think I mentioned it before, but that character creator let me choose two different eye colors, so I, that's what I did. Hey, me too, actually. My Palico has matching eyes. It wouldn't... Oh, with, with, with my with character. character. I didn't know you could mess with the Palico's eye color, so I didn't change it. But I'm on, a, like, the third tier of the um, uh, chef, which is great. The chef has actually started participating in making my dinner. Oh, man. The meals are that complicated, he can't just put garnish on it? Yes. <laughs> Or the second tier where he just puts the little booty thing on the tur- on the turkey. I haven't even gotten that far. What are those little booty things for in, like, actual cooking? I have absolutely no idea. Are they just, like, presentation? I guess. But, I mean, that, that game's a lot of fun. I really like playing it with friends. It's not as much fun when I'm playing it alone. But at the same time, there are a lot of things I have to do on my own just because people aren't at that stage. Yeah, or online at the same time. Or online at the same time, yeah. Say, some of the bosses later in that game get very Dark Souls-esque, where you have to, like, be dodging perfectly all the time, or you get knocked out in one or two hits. Well, one of the harder ones was the uh, the Diablos, and part of that is because I don't use the uh, Charge Blade or the uh, any of the shield weapons, really. I use daggers, the Insect Blade, or a Heavy Bowgun. Really? You went Heavy Bowgun? I didn't know you picked that up ever. It's not something I use very often, because it's not something I use on my own, really. Okay. It's something I use when I'm backing up other people and don't want to get in the way. Yeah, so I know Ed was going bowgun for a while, and we eventually convinced him to join the cult of heavy bowgun. Oh, yeah, whenever he's on, he's playing heavy bowgun. So, like, he's usually providing fire support. I'm usually the consistent DPS. Jeremy's usually dead. <laughs> I feel like I've died once playing with you. Uh, I think you and I have died about the same amount of time. So I'm just making, I'm just giving Jeremy once. a hard time. Uh, no, we've died more than that, unfortunately. There have been a couple of the harder fights that have actually resulted in problematic areas, especially against the Diablos. It was Chris who kept dying. Yeah. Chris was the one who died three times in one mission and caused this to fail. Well, I mean, I had that when I was trying to do the Diablos quest with Ed. Ed got killed three times. Um, Ed was trying to help me kill the Diablos, and unfortunately, since he's using heavy bowgun and I was using daggers, and the Diablos is so big, it's really hard to just dodge. So being able to use a charge blade or one of the uh, shield weapons is actually really useful against it. Yeah, I'd actually really like to see a no-hit run for one of the later tier bosses in this game. I'm sure someone's done it. And I think I told you uh, Dan, the guy who used to front extra credits, had like a whole series on the monster design in Monster Hunter. Oh yeah, I think you mentioned that. I think I mentioned it. I don't remember the guy's name, but somebody did the entire Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 without getting hit in a row. Yeah, I think I saw someone do a run of the first Dark Souls blindfolded, which is dedication. Yeah, that is a lot of dedication there. But Monster Hunter World, if you can pick it up, and especially if you have friends who play it, or hell, just drop in our Discord and play it with us. Yeah, we'll like be if you to want, help out. if you want a group, even if you're just picking it up, we will help get you to the interesting <laughs> missions. Yeah, we gotta get Tyler there anyway. Yeah, we gotta do a bit of slumming anyway. I'll just catch up on my own one of these days. I'll just play at two in the morning or something. To be entirely fair, I would not be averse to actually helping you because I think I there are a few materials that I need to get from low tier monsters anyway. Hey, you need some more Jogger's hide? 
<laughs> uh, actually, what I need is Anjanath Fangs. Uh, I, yeah. Although I think I need Anjanath Fang Plus, which you can't get anyway. What? You have to be high ranked to get pluses. What makes you a high ranked adventurer? Well, I know how to carve the better teeth out of a monster. Then you know how to sight the monster with good teeth. Okay. You know how to sight the monster that's had orthodontic work done. Oh, I was going to say, this one brushed daily. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of fun, but you haven't been playing a whole lot of that. What have you been doing, Tyler? That's a good question. I've been mostly playing not be at my house, so that's... It's a really rough game. It is. When I have been at my house, I've been playing a fair amount of Gungeon, which is unsurprising to anyone. So I played two runs. And they were pretty terrible. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to play this last one and go to bed. It was the best run I've ever had. I got the furthest I ever did and died to the final boss. So Well done. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And I started collecting the pieces of the bullet that can kill the past. It turns out you can actually kind of beat this game because every character has a final, final boss, but only if you've collected a bunch of artifacts scattered around the gungeon, which requires some creative puzzle solving as you go throughout the game. Like, there's one of these that you have to put out a fireplace that appears on every first floor, hit a secret lever in the back of it, find the room that this unlocks, unlock it with two keys, and then you get to do a different version of the second level that's in an oubliette, and then find a secret room in that, pick up a temporary piece of armor. I guess, like, when you pick up armor, it gives you an extra hit that doesn't affect your health like a lot of roguelikes do. But these are special things that you need to carry through the entirety of that level and then through most of the next level, put on an altar to get another piece of the gun. So some of them get really convoluted. Some of them are just solve this invisible trolley cart puzzle. That uh, sounds way more like way more work than I'm willing to do. Um, yes and no. It's a lot of fun. like once you figure out where it is, like the uh, secret fireplace thing is always in the same place. Like it's procedurally generated. But like once you figure out the fireplace thing, you just know how to do it. Once you figure out where the secret room is in the oubliette, like it's always in the same room configuration. Like that piece will always spawn as part of the procedural generated level. The slime boss at the end of that one is pretty easy. Like it's a game that rewards you not getting hit anyway. So the goal is to just like, OK, you have to master these two levels. Which is something you should be working on anyway if you actually want to beat the game. I've finally gotten into a lot of the stuff they added in the update. I think my f new favorite weapon, outside of the unicorn horn, which plays a really sped up version of the My Little Pony theme song when you fire it. Um, and it's amazing. <laughs> Without any of the vocals, it's just the melody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sounds awesome. It's amazing. Uh, my favorite one is a baseball bat named Casey that always curses you when you pick it up. It does not fire bullets or anything you can however hit bullets back at things or just beat out of them with your baseball bat i saw an excellent jojo meme recently where it's like one of the main guys from jojo with uh like one of the mini bosses photoshopped on top of his head and he's like why are you not running away from me and instead are coming towards me and then it's jojo with the uh pilot photoshopped on his face holding the baseball bat and he's like well i gotta get closer to you to beat out of you with this bat, which is an actual line for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, so. There was one that I saw, like, a meme of JoJo that was just, you know, he talked big, but it just turned out to be another guy with a stand. It's like, well, this is just sums up this show in a nutshell. Yeah. In the uh, comment thread for the one I saw way down at the bottom, it was like, you're expecting a good Gungeon reference, but it was me, Dio! <laughs> I mean, that show seems like one that I should probably watch, given as much, like, references are made to it. I don't know anyone who's actually watched it. Kevin might have, but he's never talked about it, to my knowledge. But, like, everyone I talk to who watches anime is like, yep, JoJo's on my list. I haven't gotten around to it yet. 
It's because everyone is like, ah, oh, but I should watch One Piece first. And no one has the time to watch One Piece. No my, one. My problem is I should watch My Hero Academia first. It's very good. Because You're everyone almost keeps, there. You're I'm almost, almost there. there. That's on my list, too. But, I mean, I didn't actually get to it in the couple days off I had. I watched all my really dopey things, I guess. <laughs> hey, you know, you do what you want with your free time. Before we move on too much, I will freely admit that My Hero Academia has made me cry several times. I, I may have like been just drunk. just time. For me. Um, Although, Todoroki's very good character. And people really like Bakugo. I'm just not those people. Yeah, I'm not those people either. That one that one scene with Todoroki that I watched recently, you probably know which one it is. I think I do. Obliquely, not to give spoilers for an ongoing show. That got me. The I most probably... recent episode was very good Todoroki stuff, so. Everyone likes Todoroki. Yeah, I, I do listen to a podcast where uh, one of the hosts refers to Bakugo as my big angry boy. I love my big angry boy. He's just so mad like I was in high school. <laughs> I love his mom, too, because she's basically just a female version of him, and it's great. Crying at media. Yeah. 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 I mean, to be it's fair, good. it happens a lot more when I'm drunk. I'm a lot more emotional when I'm drunk. Zach's what are emotions outside of rage? Glee? I have seen Glee on your face Zach, before, I have this Zach. comic book called Green Lantern. I can lend it to you. <laughs> uh, death? Death is an emotion. Willpower? Willpower is a very important emotion. Uh, I, think I, I think I have a lot of willpower. Willpower and rage. Am I... Does that... I guess that would make me a brown lantern? Because red and green make brown? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, uh, I know. I had a lot of this last Monday free because it was Labor Day. And I tried to play a bunch of video games, and I just kept bouncing off of things after about a half hour. And this is actually the day I had my Great Gungeon run, is I decided to come... I, like, I started with that, decided this was not my day to play that game. Played a little bit of The Lawn Dark, decided I didn't really have the attention span for that. Played some Monster sent, Hunter. Should have sent me a message. I would have played Monster Hunter with you. Yeah, I tried. I like did a mission and decided I was done with that. It was like, just one of the collect an item quests. I can't remember. I played some other game I haven't played in a while. I started playing a text adventure I picked up forever ago. That reminds me, I still need to play through Stein's Gate. Yeah, you know, it was on sale recently, and I didn't actually pick it up. I'm like, it isn't quite enough on sale. Have you watched the anime? Not all the way through. I've watched it to the halfway point. Okay. Which is actually what happens with... I was actually hanging out with Devin when I was watching it. Um, that happens a lot of, to me with a lot of series now, but it usually is... It hits a disc break... Yeah. And I don't change the disc. And I, well, one of the other reasons why I don't watch as much as I used to is because when I'm gaming with people, I have my headphones on and I can't hear it. Yeah. And especially if you're relying on the dub. I know you told me the other day, I thought that you were somehow managing to play MMOs while watching subs and I was in awe of your might. I'm <laughs> awesome. I'm not that awesome. I remember the most input streams I had at one time. I think Alex was on some trip in Arizona and I was playing Salt, which is a procedurally generated... Isn't that the Dark Souls one? That's Salt and Sanctuary. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry. no, this is a build-your-own-ship lone pirate simulator with, like, dungeons to explore. It's like Minecraft aesthetic-inspired pirates. I'm not really sure how else to describe it. It's a weird game. It was still very much in development when I picked it up. I'm like, you know what? I'll play this when they're done with it. So you had oh. one in info stream there? Yeah, no, sorry, I got distracted. Um, I just realized that a, another game I did with that was this game I uh, backed on Indiegogo forever ago, and they were actually done, so I should play that at some point. I can't even remember what the, it's called. It's like Code Break or something. I was really excited for it. While listening to an audiobook and listening to music and playing a game on my phone and occasionally reading on the side. So, which is tough because there's actually a lot of text in that game, so I'd have to, like, back my audiobook up. I can't even remember what I was listening to. It was probably Malazan because that took five years to get through. I think mine was six. 
six input streams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even know how many I just listed off. I just remember that I, I was like sitting there at like 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, I am doing too many things at once. I should cut some of these. I was, I, I was just counting them in my head because I think I was listening to music, reading a subbed anime. I think I was reading a book, texting somebody, playing baseball. I think I was doing something else at the same time. Too much. It's too much. I'm living that life I, where I focus on one thing of media and enjoy it. Yeah, I, was I do tracking that when I watch anime it. now. I was tracking everything. I usually do. I actually have a bunch of stuff on Crunchyroll that I'm like, I need to watch that. Especially you need to watch that third season because third season that is what? the ending of the damn series and it's not out in America yet or in English. What series is this? Oh, sorry. I was talking to you about it a couple of days ago. It's the yeah. it's the third season of the Fate, Calad, Linear, Prisma, Ilya. Three Ray, I think, is actually what it's called. <laughs> subtitle, think... Attack of the Subtitles. Naruto <laughs> <Naruto's> shipped in. <laughs> the second one is just all the first part of it is Way, and then the second part is Two's Way, and then they have Three Ray. So I don't know what... I, I, I think the guy just was like, yep, this sounds great. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people do that when they choose English names, and they're just... I finally managed to watch all the way through it, although the second season is one of the shortest seasons I own. All right, we have talked about a disproportionate amount of anime on this episode. That's not unusual for I was going us. To say, I look, when you got to me, I was going to be like, oh, you got the All Might's best attack, didn't you? Because I just realized. Oh, yes, I did finally get to the United States of Smash. It's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's an excellent move for excellent people. It's that fantastic. That sounds like some kind of like national Smash Brothers tournament. It does kind of. The United States of Smash. Um, that might actually be a tournament. I think it's held for a uh, regional thing between the Carolinas. I don't actually know, though. It, I mean, it would have to be the Carolinas because nobody actually lives in the Dakotas. That's true. Although there are the Vig- Vir- Virginias. Virginias. Um, yeah, those other states that we don't like to acknowledge exist. Anywho, what have you been up to, Jeremy? Uh, being terribly, deathly sick. It's uh, That's why you- I'm sitting over here. Did you at least, like, get some quality, random consumption of media time? I watched a lot of YouTube, actually, which is, like, maybe not the best. I do that all the time. Alex has been doing that recently. I caught up on all my YouTube. Medical history videos. I I started watching Defunct Land, which is about amusement park rides that no longer exist. Yeah, I've also watched that fairly recently. I've only seen a couple episodes. It's very amusing. Yes. Sorry, I just realized one of the most recent things I watched on YouTube was about all this stuff the Meg got wrong. And I'm like, I want to go see that movie now. Oh, yeah. No, Jen and I are totally going to go watch the Meg because neither Alex nor James have a stomach for bad monster movies. But man, I'm going to go watch that. I like really bad creature movies. Me too. You want to borrow the book? Oh, oh, man. I forgot it was based on a book. Maybe. A book I own. (laughs) I own like the first three or four books in the series. Sorry, Jeremy. I also got caught up on my anime, but that also, what I realized is all my anime is trash and My Hero Academia. (laughs) (laughs) Especially now for my secret project, I'm caught up on the One Piece manga, which makes the anime, it's actually, they're actually in a pretty cool fight scene right now, so it's not that bad, but it makes the slow pace feel even slower when I know where this is all going. You should check out the fate stuff, because a lot of those are actually pretty good. Anywho, this continues to not be our anime podcast. Uh, yeah, I, I played a little Monster Hunter between headaches, but not as much as I wanted. Yeah. See, I even not been... he's at high rank. I know. I don't know how this has happened. I don't know. I want to play more of it. It's just very time consuming. And then I have to like have time where I can play with I, people. I did feel like I played it not at all in my Steam library. I was like, you've played this game for literally 24 hours. I was like, 
Well, yeah, that I, doesn't seem right. I had one of those moments where it's like Steam was like, hey, you've played this game for X number of hours. And I'm like, how did I? I didn't play it that much. Damn. But speaking of playing games, we played Red Faction for the assignment this week, which is a good old let's go to Mars and shoot stuff game. I have this on my PS2 slash had this on my PS2. Did you play it on the PS2 for this I one? I did. No, not I did not play it for the on the PS2 for the podcast. Mostly because I'd forgotten where it was. And so you managed to dig it up before we started recording tonight, so I was wondering. I thought it was there, but I haven't dug out the PS2 for a while, so I wasn't entirely sure. All right, so Red Faction is a first-person shooter. You are a guy who went to Mars to get his head on straight, but it turns out the people on Mars are jerks that make you work 10-hour days. I can't imagine what that's like. Hey, this um, is the future. Um, you know, this is after... Does he actually say 10-hour days? Yes. Yeah, but it's 10 hours of hard labor. In a seven days a week with no breaks in an exosuit. Yeah, but he is in a he's in powered armor, so yeah. I don't know. Well, they don't actually establish like how powered it is, but I mean, this isn't quite Jetson's level. He is in fact actually doing work. So, but anyway, there are a bunch of jerks. But there's some media pamphlets about rebellion going around, and you're just going home to work from work one day when the cops start shooting you for no reason. So you have to shoot back and try to escape. The cops start shooting somebody else, and then uh, just decide to shoot you. If you're me, you walk past the guy because you're trying to get home quickly, listening to your podcast. All you want to do is get home after your ten hour <laughs> shift, and then some guy just starts shooting you, and you don't even know why because the audio cues about why they might need to shoot someone haven't finished playing yet. Excellent. Yeah, suddenly you get Gordon Freeman, is what happens. The thing is, it wants to be Half-Life so badly, but the problem they forgot about is one of the reasons why when everything goes to Gordon Freeman is, you know, thrust into that role of I have to survive, they give you that lead-up part where you really kind of understand what's going on. Here, they give you a cutscene and basically say, sympathize with these people. Yeah, it's not even in media res, it's just like, in media. It's just like, (laughs) we're starting now. It definitely wants to be Half-Life. It also seems like it kind of wants to be Doom with the going to Mars thing. And it reminds me of Perfect Dark, although I think it's just because it comes out right on the heels of Perfect Dark. It feels like it controls very similarly, although I wonder if that's because it was also inspired by GoldenEye, which came out just before both of those games. So the level design is very Half-Life-esque. It's kind of one big world with a couple of loading zones. Somehow it's maybe a little more labyrinthine than Half-Life was, and that's saying something. In Half-Life, I don't. I never really felt like I was lost. In this game, I actually felt like I stumbled into where I was going more often than I actually knew where I was going. Which is the feeling Half-Life kind of wants to give you, but Half-Life has lots of subtle clues. The one I can think of right now is the part where you have to restore power, and you can see the wires and where they go, so you just follow them to the part where you need to restore the power. This doesn't have much like that. One part that really stands out to me is there's one part where you're trying to escape the mine where you have to go up a lift. You can call the lift down, but then when you hit the button to try to send it up, it won't go up. Also, control note, if you're playing this on PC, they made enter the use key on a WASD controls setting, which is the worst decision anyone has ever made. Initially, like there are these crates on the ground. I assumed since E didn't open them and the like what I thought was the action keys for WASD setup didn't open them. You know what's crazy? And eventually I was like trying all of the buttons on an interactable object that I knew was interactable because I got the little reticle around it until finally I just hit enter to see if that would work and I and it turned it on. I was just like, 
Really? It's not in the controls. It's not list. The interact is not inter- listed it in the controls. It is the tutorial if you play the tutorial, which it suggests you do. Yeah, which but I did not. Usually, you can just jump into them, and if you're missing a key or an interact key or something like that, you can check your key bindings to find it. But for some reason, interact is not in there. Anyway, so you get to this shaft and you try to go up, but it won't let you until you go to the next room, blow up a tank and go past. And then you see a bunch of signs that say, hey, the lift's back there, dummy. And then when you go back to that room, more bad guys have spawned there and you can take the lift. For reasons. It doesn't even say it's unpowered or anything. No, like the lift will come to you. You can see it come down. You can watch it and then you can step on it and hit the button, but you can't get up. I think this game actually suffers early on. Like it's thematically appropriate that you start in the mines where you work and that's how the rebellion begins. It's not a very, like... The problem is it's not an interesting level exactly. because it's all just underground terrain, and it's also hard to navigate. And it's all I, vaguely red because it's Mars. I and, mean, they kind of have, like, these instances of miners being shot while running away from people to, like, I think guide you where you're supposed to be going. But at the same time, it's like, like, they want you to have this story thing, but at, it's like... I'm one miner who managed to wipe out all these other guards. Why can't anybody else get their hands on this? Yeah, like, it's not a strong hook, I think is really where we're going with that. Nor are the characters strong. You pretty quickly get uh, talked to by this guy who's like, hey, my name's Jenkins or something. I work for the evil company, but I have my own personal reasons for not liking them. So trust me and let's hang out, bro. But you don't see him. There's no cutscene. It's just over a dialogue thing. And it just comes off as very weak. And you have this rebel leader who's like, yeah, you do rebel things. Yeah. But none of them are well acted or written. So the story just doesn't have any teeth. And you don't have that Gordon Freeman moment of going to work and getting invested either. Or the weird like, oh, what's going on angle that Half-Life has. Well, I mean, in... in even going off of the Half-Life thing, you do have the going to work and all that, but it's also kind of explained why Gordon Freeman is more well set up to handle the threats that are coming at him because he's got the power armor, whereas here everybody has the same suit of armor. So why are none of the other miners able to resist? It's a weird plot hole. Because you came here to clear your head, so you have repressed rage that you're acting on. Uh, Either that or you're a spiritual descendant of Doom guy. I'm not sure which. I don't know. The weapons aren't very interesting either. You get your standard pistol. You get a sniper rifle. There's a riot shield, which is kind of an interesting idea, but it doesn't do much. There's a shotgun. You're following kind of the Doom progression of weapons more than a Halo style, which would have come later, or a perfect dark slash golden eye style where they're all kind of Swiss army knifey. They all do have a alternate fire mode, but most of them are kind of like the bland ones from perfect dark. Double shotgun. They well, also it's, it's auto shotgun. Yeah, in this, because they had to one-up Perfect Dark. They also give you the explosive weapons kind of early, because this game's major marketing gimmick is destructible terrain. You can blow holes in things to occasionally create new paths or little bits of cover. Unfortunately, in the single player, there's not a lot of opportunity to use that to your advantage. They give you explosives early so you can, but there's not a lot of tactical reason to do so. Yeah. You can't usually, really make cover. Yeah, usually firing the explosive weapon at the enemy is going to be more useful than firing it at a wall to hide in. Yeah, they give you some remote detonated mines early on, but those are more useful for exposing new pieces of terrain. It allows you to progress through the first level a little faster, especially early on. They're like, look, this wall looks kind of different, and to highlight that, we painted a giant X on it, blow that up, and it's kind of up to you to pay attention to that from then on. But again, everything looks like a cave on the first level, so and it's kind of hard to tell. From what I've heard, because I didn't actually get far enough 
later on in the game, they kind of take the destructible physic or the destructible scenery away. Yeah, as they want to have a more and more linear guided experience. I feel like this would have been more fun in multiplayer where there's like a maze with a bunch of thin walls and you could set up ambushes. Except for none of the multiplayer maps are set up for that. I know. It's very sad. I feel like they must have done a better job with this in later iterations. I hope they did a better job with this uh, in later from what iterations. what I understand, they actually went the other way. So like the actual scenery all stays where it is, but all the buildings are destructible. Oh, huh. I'd be okay with that, too. I do remember having a lot of, like, fun multiplayer matches with Red Faction with my brother, where we'd get rocket launchers and then see how much of the map we could actually destroy. Like, there was a map where you had one side of the map and then the other side, and we'd try and build a big old tunnel to them. And basically play the tank game. The story's kind of bland. You're not really given a reason to care about your character. I mean, we're comparing it to Half-Life again, because this game really wanted to be Half-Life. You don't really have a lot to know about Gordon Freeman, but you spend so much time, like, walking around in his shoes before it hits the fan. Yeah, it's a day in the life of an average guy with a particle physics degree before being sent to, like, he's basically a janitor, essentially, or like a lab tech. It's great. I love that. So, like, you actually are given a reason to kind of care because you spend so much time with him before shit hits the fan, whereas this guy, as soon as you're put into his shoes and he stops narrating at you... Stuff happens. Stuff is going on. Speaking of bland, the enemies are pretty bland, too. Because the setting doesn't have aliens, they're all pretty much just guy with a gun and some tanks. So they don't really have interesting behaviors the way that enemies in Doom and Half-Life and Halo, you have varied enemy types that you want to use different tactics against. Their hit feedback is also kind of bad. Occasionally, you'll get a blood splatter, but sometimes you just don't, and it gets real hard to tell. I had one guy in particular that I think took four chest shots. And, like, the first one, he staggered. The second one, he had a blood mark. And then the third and fourth, he had no reaction, and then he just fell over. Sometimes you'll have that, where it's like, did I hit him? And then eventually he just kind of falls over, whereas it's not like in some of the later games where you can see him, like, staggering as they are in the process of dying. But in this one, they just kind of go from fine to dead. It's like a D&D character hitting zero <laughs> hit points. Occasionally they'll, like give you an audio barker like stop i surrender but that's only happens for a second they'll like run away for a second and then start shooting you again yeah like, i wonder like, if the ai actually cover. had a bug and they just never fixed it or i don't know because like, I've, I've seen that too where they'll like cover their head and run away for like two seconds then they'll immediately turn around and start shooting at you again which really removes a lot of impact that might have like if they stayed running away and went and hid in a corner like, that'd be one thing. It might make it, like, feel like a moral choice to not chase them down. Without or actually having a moral impact. But yeah. instead, it's like, I surrender. Haha, I've got him now. Yeah, and you can kill your erstwhile allies, like, on a whim. It doesn't really matter. Um, I was going to say, one of the interesting guns in this, we forgot to mention it, is the rail shooter. That's because I didn't get it, but yes. yeah. It's, it's basically the far sight from Perfect Dark. That's all. Moving on. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to say about this game? Because I just found it pretty underwhelming. It's not bad per se. It's just pretty boring. Yeah. I heard the multiplayer was okay. I would definitely agree with both of those statements. Where this comes out, you'd be better off playing Perfect Dark, Half-Life, or Halo, in all honesty. And those are kind of the three games it's really trying to ape in this area. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get to that comparison at some point. Pretty uh, soon, probably. Yeah, but Halo came out, I think, five months after this, and it is such a better game by comparison. I mean, Halo changes the scenery of what console first-person shooters look like, and they really haven't changed as much since. Yeah, and this was pretty obviously derivative of the things that came before it, and not in a 
we're improving on it sort of way. It was just a flavor of We're writing that high. Yeah, it's it was, like all the Mario clones, right? Well, it was kind of ahead of its time in that it's a first-person shooter with a gimmick slapped on it. It's just not a particularly well-executed gimmick because the technology wasn't quite there yet. Yeah, I mean, if if the technology was there, like if this came out you know, closer to the day, it'd probably be a lot more impactful just because being able to destroy the scenery is a pretty big deal like ea made a huge deal about their frostbite engine when that launched but there are so many games that already have that call of duty has it to a degree it's a huge factor in siege well that's what i was thinking is like if they did something along the lines of psyops where they actually had built up like this actual engine for it and released that at this game as a as a uh, demo for that yeah i was just thinking of all the crazy stuff you can do in just cause oh yeah so any other final thoughts Tyler, I think guess we gave ours. It's pretty okay. Like, it wasn't the worst game. It was serviceable. So speaking of pretty okay, we have a list at our website, lastpodcast.com, listing all the games we've played from best to worst. At the top, the most okay game is Chrono Trigger. At the bottom, the worst okay game, least the, okay? The least okay? Least okay game is City Connection. And Dead Center, as far away from either okay as you can be. It, it's just okay, okay. Okay. I'm golf- no, no, no. Tech Mobile. Okay, you you want to lock in on an option? You're cl- I'm going to lock in Tech Mobile. You're going to lock in Tech Mobile? Uh, that is two off, Zach. I'm sorry. It was golf. You ah. should have gone with your gut instinct. I say we start with Half-Life. It's worse than that, though, right? We're, yeah. We're unanimous? Yeah. I Although think... that's going to be Perfect Dark. I think we're, again, unanimous that it's worse than Perfect Dark, right? Yeah, I don't Yeah, think Perfect Dark had better multiplayer, better variation in the weapons. I mean, hell, the dragon turning it into a mine... I'm pretty sure the next first-person shooter on the list is Doom 2. And I think it's weaker than that, too. I don't particularly like Doom 2, but I understand what people wanted to play more Doom, and it at least offered that to people. Whereas I don't know that Red Faction has even that much to offer. Well, Doom 2 at least played around with a lot of the like quirkier mechanics that Doom had, like the teleporters and... Oh no, they tried to mess around with the it level design. It is one design. of the first places you see reloading. Oh, does Doom not have reloading? No, Doom doesn't oh, yeah, have reloading. Right, Doom, shoot. Doom 2 introduces the super shotgun, which is the, basically just a double-barreled shotgun that you have to reload after every shot. Okay, so scrolling down. So way down near the bottom of the list is our least favorite first-person shooter so far, Postal 2. But Postal Tool is actively bad for a lot of reasons, and Red Faction, like I've said, is just kind of meh. I mean, yeah, despite your tenant that meh is the worst thing the game can be. Yeah, uh, Postal 2 is actually offensive. <laughs> Postal 2, like, it's... But, like, tamely offensive. Like, it, it's offensive without anything to say. It wanted to be offensive. It's edgy white boy. Yeah. Was, act, was successful in that, but it's not really fun. Like, I remember having fun with it when I was a kid, but when I played this again, it was just like, Oh, God, somebody got paid to make this? Why? So, so scrolling back up, it's not a shooter, but a first-person game that I think is kind of once similar things, although it's not as Half-Life-y, is Thief. I actually like Thief a bit more, though. I think it's a bit more innovative. I like the map mechanic it has and the looking and planning your heist thing. I don't think it works particularly well, but it's more ambitious than Red Faction, I think. I feel like they put more thought into it, if only in terms of the level design, and there's a variety of stuff you can do. It doesn't come together very well, and like this game does less, but maybe works a bit better. In my opinion, Thief was a little bit too big for its what it was, you know, doing. And in all honesty, like I didn't really have fun playing Thief. I have had fun playing Red Faction, but like. It's hard to say. I think Thief might have been doing some more interesting things, whereas Red Faction was just aping other games. 
Yeah, and it was so, like one of the first big stealth games. So even if it wasn't a particularly great one, like very quickly it was followed up by better ones. I would have to give it to Thief, I think. I would agree. So, so I'm outvoted, so I don't have to make a decision anyway. <laughs> All right, now we're in No Man's Land where I have no idea what to compare this to. So let's take a look. So another first-person shooter we have on the list that I forgot is uh, the Doom clone that we all hated, Star Wars Dark Forces. I had a little bit more fun with Red Faction, to be honest. Yeah. I want to say below, but only because I'm lazy and it would be easier to rank <laughs> below. I think it's a better game. I think it's a better game as well. I will concur with these two. I think Red Faction is a better game than that. So almost right in the middle of those two games, we have Cybernator, the game that wants to be Gundam real bad on the Super Nintendo. I like Cybernator a whole lot more. It's got a way better art aesthetic, but I do think Red Faction's kind of a better put-together game. Cybernator has those flaws, namely it doesn't have a save system and has a bad continue system. Uh, that That's where level, it ended up on the list in the first yeah. place. So, that second level's so bad. I'd have to say Red Faction's better. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's It looks cool. It has a cool aesthetic. It just doesn't come together, as well as Red Faction's kind of eh aesthetic. Yeah. So right between Thief and, or I should say midway between Thief and that, we got a little more ways to go, is Pilot Wings for the Super NES. Ugh. Yep. I think I prefer Pilot Wings. It's kind of tech demo-y, but at least it's got a lot of different stuff going on. It's a pretty light preference. I could definitely be suaded, but my gut says Pilot Wings is what I prefer. I think I'd have to say Red Faction because while it is ape only really aping other games at this point, it is trying to do a lot more and having that gimmick with the destructible walls and whatnot while it is a gimmick it is trying to do something whereas pilot wings felt way too again tech demo to me i i couldn't play pilot wings for more than maybe 10 minutes so yeah, i'll take a different tact i think it comes down to mechanics red faction works in all the places it should work pilot wings you have significant issues judging depth i mean they were doing what they could with the hardware but i think the actual gameplay of pilot wings just doesn't hold up all right, so going for the center between these again, which is getting smaller each time, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> between those is Mario Kart 64, another game that's just kind of doing its thing, not doing it particularly well. My preference is definitely for Mario Kart. It's 100% bias, but that's the game I played multiplayer with my siblings, so. I would actually have to give it to Red Faction. Mario Kart feels really clunky by comparison despite only being a few years earlier yeah i have to agree with tyler mario kart i do remember playing that with friends specifically you jeremy but red faction while i don't think is like a stellar game or anything like that i think it might have aged a bit better but that could just be because we've seen better mario karts come out after that one that's also a pc true. game um which i think helps i think that's a more natural control scheme for the era uh, technically, it's a PS2 game, and we played it for uh, Well, you know. Yeah, well, the way they ported it, it makes it roll a lot better, so that might predispose us to be a little bit more charitable to it. I don't know. I actually played Mario Kart 64, like, a couple weeks back at a silent disco slash beer slash video game event. It was a weird combination of things. And, like, the entire time I was sitting there like, man, this game is even clunkier than I remember, and I didn't even play it that long ago. So, between Thief and Mario Kart 64... We have another N64 racing game, Wave Race. And Wave Race is the one I'm going to fight for and say is better than Red Faction, because I wasn't here to rank Wave Race, and I like it more than either of you guys, I think. But also, it just it's a very calming game. It's got those very good water physics that are almost still unmatched, weirdly. I was actually also going to argue for Wave Race, because I think like both of these games are just 
competent, if not very interesting, things in their genre, and I think Wave Race is slightly more competent than... I'm in an awkward situation, because I've played a better version of Wave Race, so... Hydro Thunder? Is that the one you're thinking of? No, Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball! It has it has jet a jet ski? Ski. there's a, one of them has a jet ski like of a mini course. game in it. Of course it does. And it actually works pretty well, weirdly enough, but it sounds like I'm outvoted anyway. Yeah. Okay. So potentially the final question, is it better or worse than Dragon Quest, which is a landmark in the genre, a like g- genre defining game over a one that works okay? My tendency is to go to Dragon Quest, even though Red Faction probably plays a little better. They're releasing another one of those. Yes, they are. Dragon Quest, they've yeah. gotten substantially better. I know that. Look, just, it's, it, they're still incredibly popular in Japan. Well, because it came... Uh, the only reason why I mentioned it is because it came up. I wasn't really thinking about it. I just remember I think Steam it, was out. I think it just it. came out. Yeah, um, it was pretty I close. I could be wrong. It might be uh, I'd have to go with Red Faction, but that's because Red Faction didn't feel like work. Whereas Dragon Quest actually felt like work. So does artist intent matter at all? Because they meant it to feel like work. <laughs> because you are, you know, intentionally annoying is still annoying. Now, Harvest Moon is supposed to feel like work too, and it does and it, it in doesn't? a different way, right? It doesn't really feel like but work. It, it has a natural satisfaction on the on the loop and how that one is presented. Whereas Dragon Quest just felt like tedious. It felt like going to work. What's I mean, Tyler? I don't know. I was actually kind of performing an opinion while you guys were going back and forth on it, and I think I'm going to have to side with Jeremy on this one. I think Dragon Quest makes way more of an impact in the landmark, or I guess in the craters of video game history. I think Dragon Quest was a large meteor. So Red Faction will go at number 159, above Mario Kart 64, and below Dragon Quest. Awesome, so awesome. Yeah, not really. <laughs> it's on know. the lower half. Well, you know, not all of those games are bad. A lot of these games are just eh. A lot of the games at that point are uh, can play them with a like, asterisk. Like, or a do you button. have nostalgia or like a desire to research this genre? If so, these are some games for you. Oh man, a Legend of Zelda best of discussion broke out at my office today on like the all I office mean, but, chat. But it's Breath of the Wild. I mean, yeah, no, pretty much, pretty much, most people are Breath of the Wild. That conversation is very interesting. If you say Breath of the Wild doesn't count. Yeah, then but. we then we said that, yes. For <laughs> for that exact purpose. This that, is where that uh that, randomizer run that I posted came up because uh the first guy to stake his claim was our newest employee who is like linked to the past. And someone's like, oh, the past is good. And then like the discussion went on for a while and then someone's like, You're forgetting Ocarina, and everyone's like, Shut up, Ocarina is not the best. Yeah, no, Ocarina's Ocarina's the mashed potatoes of Zelda. Boy, will that get you through a family <laughs> meal, but it needs some gravy, and that gravy is called Majora's Mask. Um, that is a conversation I would have spent the entire day ignoring. Yeah, our uh, site manager is like, would you guys consider me less of a person if I hadn't played any Zelda games? And everyone's like, yeah, you get a minus one to reputation buff. <laughs> All right. And you're like, I do a podcast with a guy that's not played any of them, and he's supposed to. Yeah, Ted doesn't play any video games. So speaking of not playing video games, which game is Zach not going to play next week, but we will? This is always um, an important question. You know, I can't actually remember the last random platformer we played. It I'm sure it's not been too Prince long. of Persia, probably? I played Spelunky recently. Does that count? No. I was no. considering calling Spelunker for my next one, but that's no Spelunky. I don't even know what that is. That's the game that inspired Spelunky. Oh, well. So in order to get that ish out of my system, because I somehow don't have a whole lot of platformers installed on Steam right now, I think I'm going to call Mega Man X3 the one that I think is better than X2, but not as good as X1. One of the podcasts I've listened to, that's a Power Rangers podcast, one of the guys is playing Mega Man X3, and it's all he wanted to talk about. 
So, next time on Last Time, I hope it's better than X-Men 3. This has been a production of Last Time on Video Games. Copyright 2018. All games, movies, and other media mentioned in this podcast are copyright their respective owners. If you wish to listen to more episodes, visit us at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com where you can see the entire archive. If you wish to get in contact with us, you can email us at ltobg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. This episode is over. Try listening to another one?